screen overhead. And then all of a sudden, I, I thought it sounded kind of lo um, louder, then I looked up, and all of a sudden it smashed right dead into the center of the World Trade Center. Um, big, um, big flash of flame, uh, fire coming out from all over, then the, all the, um, the bricks, is a huge hole right now. Um, it almost looked like the plane probably went through, I'm not sure. It, it was moments like that or news clips like that that we just were all just kept listening to over and over. And as the news media outlets 22 years ago on 9-11 were looking for somebody who had a cell phone clip or a video. And as the day went by, we remember that, that image that finally came. And it was like the person looking straight up at the tower and you could see the plane hit. Yeah, You remember that, oh, that moment? And it was like, holy cow. And... It was just unbelievable that day. I just remember never stopped, never taking my eyes off of the newscast. I remember having to go to work, and we were trying to figure out a way. Again, I told you the internet came alive in 2001. Everybody was like, I can't watch this. I don't have a cable service coming into my office, right? But back then, not everybody had, you know, streaming platforms and those kind of things, and we were trying to find something on the internet. So speaking of that day, we have a special guest in the studio with us who was inspired by 9-11 to serve his country Please welcome to Wake Up Springfield, Sergeant Jeremy Gerard. Good Thank morning, you. sir. Good morning. Good morning. Tell us about uh, a little bit about uh, what what inspired you from nine eleven for you to want to serve and give back to your country. So actually, I joined in July, just before nine before eleven. Yes. I was uh, at SBU or going to SBU, uh, Southwest Baptist, to play basketball. I was going to walk on. I, I was playing at Hillcrest and uh -huh. I had to play college ball, so I thought I'd go to SBU. So for me, nine eleven. <clears throat> When it actually happened, I was a student at SBU living on campus um, and uh, in the dorms. And I remember uh, waking up to guys running up and down the hallway saying wow. that the, we've been attacked. There's been, they're calling it a terrorist attack. And there's a lot of chaos going on, you know. No one knew what was going on. So I got dressed and uh, went up to the student union. And I remember very clearly being in that student union. with It was just completely packed and people were glued to the TVs. No one was going to class. Mm -hmm. And I actually watched on that monitor that second plane hit the second tower. Yeah. So you just things you never forget. You, you never, know? you never. Uh, so really, really interesting moment. Yeah. Sergeant, were you, were you wanting to be in the military before then? So honestly, in high school, I, I really had no interest. As a kid, I played, I always played army, you know, I, yeah, I always all loved right. wanting to be a yeah. soldier. So I, it was intrinsically in me for sure. And that was my, my go to playtime, you know. But in high school, I was playing basketball, and I was focused on going to college to play basketball. So the Army really wasn't on my radar, which was really interesting because – and it's so interesting how you bump into people in your life, and I call this the power of one moment. Because that summer after I graduated, I was at my sister's wedding, and she had a, a friend from college come in, and he was a Marine Force recon, and he actually worked at the White House. And I spent about 15 minutes with this man. And he completely changed my paradigm. And, and I left, and I was like, I want to be that. Wow. That was the catalyst for me. So that was prior to 9-11? Right. That was the summer just before summer in July. Summer before, yeah. So you enlisted in July. I did. Did you say Army or Marine? Army. Uh, Army. I was okay. Army. He went Army, yeah. And then... Uh, Okay, I'm sorry. No, guys, go ahead. Go ahead. no, sorry, sorry. I know. I'm, I'm so excited. I just, yeah. I could, we couldn't wait to have you ask you questions. And Don, I know. I, I, I see Don moving oh, closer yeah. to the microphone. Oh yeah, <laughs> bring it on, man. Let's go. I'm here. But so what? So like, you've already enlisted. Mm -hmm. It's July. Mm -hmm. Then you see 911. Mm -hmm. What? When were you planning to go? And did that expedite? You know, your, you know, like what? What? After that, like after that moment, what was going through your mind as far as 
wanting to get to the to the to the action. Right, right. So when I signed up, I had a delayed entry, so I didn't go to basic until January of twenty of two thousand and two, which is why I went to SBU for a semester to kind of check out the campus. So when nine eleven happened, obviously I knew things were going to change for me. But then I shipped out to basic right after that in January, and so when I came back. Um, which is why Evangel connected here is because when I came back from my basic um, in May, at the time I was in the reserves here in Springfield behind, so right behind Evangel, that yeah, unit in the five five seventh. So at the time, the unit hadn't hadn't told us with a warning order like, "Hey, we're 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 getting called up." That had, that wasn't a thing yet. So I was like, "I'll keep going to school." So I went to Evangel, played for Coach Jenkins, and walked on and made the team over there and was playing. So it wasn't until really November that our command got, we were the first unit actually to be called out of Springfield, which was the 557th. Wow. And we went over to the Afghanistan operation during freedom uh, conflict, and we were up just in southern Uzbekistan at a, at a secret air base known as K2. Um, really interesting story there, too, because there's a movie, 12 Strong, that was made, and that's yeah. where they shot. That, that was all where yeah. so special forces teams were operating out of that air base. And we were working logistics to help support them at that time. Wait, wasn't that with um, Chris Helms? It was. Yeah, True I story. saw that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that movie. So I, wow. we, we went up to K2. That's where we were at. So, like, you were part, like... Well, we we operated to help them. We supported crazy. them. Yeah, it was, we were we were in logistics. I was in logistics at that time until I came back and, and changed careers and went into special operations and then went over to Iraq. So that was a whole different part of my career. But. Let, let me back up just for a second. When you get mm-hmm. when, when when you went to basic training in January of mm-hmm. 2002, what was the atmosphere like and what was the overall feeling of all of those not only who were going through basic but were already obviously actively enlisted right. knowing what had happened in September? Right. What was the feeling around the bases? Um you, you could certainly tell the drill sergeants and the instructors in the command uh for those drill sergeants were were very locked in. The tune had totally for them, and they would tell us that it changed. It clicked. We had to roll over and get more and get more serious after that, for sure. Because we were, I mean, honestly, going into going into uh, Afghanistan and the war on terror. Prior to that, in the army, the the gear we were still operating with LBEs, and and our gear came out of Vietnam. What's an LBE? In Desert Storm, uh, load bearing equipment. So these vests, and they're just. They're not. They're not very tactical. Sorry. It's all right. They're not very tactical. If, if you could see him, he's like putting it on. Right yeah, I'm trying to put it on for you right? in the studio here. You should so. see his guns too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's got some <laughs> not, like as in muscle guns. Yeah. <laughs> so the gear was very dated, very dated. I remember them talking about that. <clears throat> that we were going over there to Afghanistan, and as we was we went over there. All the gear was like not bulletproof. I no, mean, you was, could take a nine millimeter and shoot it right through the side I mean, of the door. It was wild. I mean, even even our vehicles and our and yeah. the different Humvees, the platforms we were on, we were on soft shells and fully armored. Really, wasn't mass produced to keep up. So we were operating in, in with really dated gear and equipment early on until that thing clicked over and really turned on, kind of like two thousand five, two thousand eight. Mm. But um, yeah. So there was a there was a shift in not only everybody's mindset but also the gear, the equipment that everything, we need. Everything, so. everything, and 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 the whole training program began to shift. So I went through right at the beginning, but I know because I have friends who went through training later in two thousand eight, two thousand twelve. All that training and doctrine has completely changed across the spectrum for the for the different branches. Certainly the army yeah. on how we on how to fight modern warfare. I mean the whole thing because our tactics were completely dated. So. Sergeant, the thing I remember most uh, uh, post 9-11 in the, in the weeks and the months uh, and really the years even that followed 
was this swell of patriotism in our country. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, everyone had an American flag out. Our country was united, mm -hmm. which I think at the time we thought would probably happen for many, many years to come. But, you know, as, as we see now, we're not as united as mm -hmm. we were back then, that's mm -hmm. for sure. But, but what was the feeling of people who were new enlistees uh, into our armed forces at this time? It really seemed like there was all of you rallying toward a common goal uh, to, to crush this terroristic enemy. Right. Well, something interesting in the, in the, in the service, um, politics really aren't a thing. They right. just aren't. Yeah. Like, the, uh, we weren't even talking about that stuff. On, 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 on perspectives that way. Mm -hmm. It was very united, like you said, mm -hmm. around a common mm -hmm. goal and mission, you know, at the time was, uh, terrorism. Yeah. Taliban. Bin Laden. Yeah. And, yeah. So, so we had a target at that time and that was the mission. And so there was, there was, um, a great camaraderie and it wasn't polarized like you're seeing now. It's very different. Right. Let's, let's discuss that some more. I want, I want to dive into that just a little bit more about your service to the country what it's like to go after a, a bad dude, all the Taliban, all the terrorists, and yet at the other side of things, the things that are going on at home, then and now, and how that impacts the military, mm. somebody in the military's mindset. Does that make sense? No, 100%. Let's yeah. do that. Coming up after a traffic update with Don Luzader. Welcome back to Wake Up Springfield. Good morning, and welcome to a Monday morning. It's 9-11, and we are remembering the tragedy that hit 9-11 uh, in and. One twenty-two years ago, and in the studio with us right now is somebody who fought the battle after nine eleven, who went overseas and 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 fought to fight the Taliban. Welcome, Army Sergeant Jeremy Gerard back. Appreciate you very much for your sure. service. Thank Great you, sir. Here. Yeah. Before we dive into something, you said you you hit a tree snow skiing <clears throat> and and, and, bow, and broke <laughs> your back. That was not. That was after he went to service mm -hmm. too, right? Mm -hmm. What the mm -hmm. heck? And mm -hmm. what was that all about? Yeah. Well. uh Two deployments, of course, Afghanistan, Uzbekistan, yeah. and then Iraq in 2003 okay. uh, and four, or four and five, excuse me. And then I actually contracted for seven years as a bodyguard in Baghdad for the U.S. State Department under their high threat protection program. So I did all that, right? Right. Um, escaped a lot, evaded a lot, and then I come home, got married, went on a vacation and had a tree strike at about 60 and completely wrecked Nothing my body. Nothing good happened snow skiing. Nothing no, good. it was uh it was a, it was a fluke. I gr I grew up on skis, but it was um it's one of those things. It was, man, and it, but yeah. it changed my life in amazing ways. So that's a whole different thing, but I'm 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 actually grateful for it. Well, and th there are some life-changing moments like that that can happen from things like that, but hmm. kind of diving into a topic that we started to go down the path before the traffic update with Don. Uh, you had said that politics in the military when you were serving were non-existent. You just had a mission. You had a mission, mm -hmm. and that mission was to serve. Is that is that kind of the way that it is across the board, or is that the way that you felt? Well, um, it, it, it existed. There's always a bureaucracy. Right. Um, it, but it, it wasn't as prevalent as you see today. That's for sure. There's been, a, a, in 20 years, a lot has changed within the services. No so explain that for a little. What, what do you mean by that? A lot has changed well, in the current administration, or even in the Trump administration, or as a whole. Or what? What, what are you alluding so, to? So two different administrations. Clearly, Trump right. did great things for the military, in my opinion. Great things for the VA. He completely uh -huh. changed my life as a veteran in, in positive ways because of what he what he implemented with community care and access to, to public health versus just the VA. So he was very pro pro growth. Pro development in the military, no question. Obviously, that this current administration um, is a not, and Obama really gutted it. 
So you can't forget about that, those eight years. Yeah. That's really where the, where the change started. Trump just kind of inherited some, didn't have enough time to really do much of a change. And then, uh, of course, the current one is taking what Obama started and they're running with it when it comes to leadership in the military. Do you think that a lot of soldiers <clears throat> feel the way you do like that? Oh, yeah. yeah. At least half. Okay. I, I tell you, yeah. at least half. <laughs> well, that's I mean, the country, I, though. That, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, then, and that's what it comes yeah. down to. So at least half, for sure. Yeah. That's unfortunate. That really is. Um, man, I, I want to go back to something that you're talking about before the mission. Mm. Get bin Laden. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what after 9 11, mm-hmm. that's what everybody was going for. Right. Tell us about that. Right. Um, well, it, it was an honor for me to be a part of it, to be a soldier, to serve my country at that time, to have that opportunity. Um, it's always been an honor for me. I've always wanted i've always enjoyed serving so serving my country was was a very natural fit for me you know i grew up in the church my father was a pastor i understood service at a high level and um i loved watching what my father did and how he lived his life so i wanted to emulate that and so for me serving my country was a natural fit um but it was focused like you said we had a we actually had a a focused mission at that time where now it's it's very cloudy and gray and it's hard to it's hard to really know what's what our mission is and and that's part of the problem with ambiguity and so it it was um it was amazing to be a part of it at that time because we were focused and to see the full force of of our nation go to work in incredible ways incredible ways yeah um so we can't discount that at all for sure that that was amazing but now the mission it's it's very it's not very clear yeah so And, and I mean, from that, what I'm thinking as a civilian, mm. just the, the way that we got out of Afghanistan, mm. I mean, mm. more soldiers dying on the way out. It was terrible. It was terrible. Speak on that a little bit. That was terrible. I was so, I was so mad watching this go down in real time. And, and I was texting and talking to my other buddies and, and it was just so infuriating. That's how we, we ended the book yeah. on that. Because it was completely unnecessary, truly unnecessary. That was a reflection of poor leadership, full stop. Yeah. Do you feel that it was time to get out of Afghanistan? I mean, or does it, did it matter to soldiers? You guys like, hey, we're doing our job regardless? or what? what I think we think? actually overstayed Afghanistan for sure. 20 years, it's not going to work. Yeah. Um, History has proven that too. Correct. Russia, Russia did the same yeah. thing. Yeah. You, no one's ever fully occupied Afghanistan for, for forever. Like, right. th- they just take it back. That That's historically completely true. But um, how? when we left wasn't really the question. It was how. how? And that's leadership. Yeah. That's a plan. Um, and how that went down was a disaster. I don't, I don't know how you can look at that and not think that was a disaster. Yeah. I don't care where you come from politically. Yeah. Um, there's no reason for loss of life. It was totally unnecessary. And so infuriating is is a, a nice word for that I, I i just want the listeners to see i and you're you're a pretty calm dude I, I can see it in you i can see the the angst the frustration and our military soldiers our war fighters mm. i mean because you guys are you guys are built different i mean if anybody can say built different i mean mm-hmm. you know, it's you war fighters i mean um and yet when when i'm sitting here talking to you Hearing you say what an honor it is to serve, mm-hmm. what an, you learned, like just the, the the joy, the gratefulness you have, even from being injured, like mm-hmm. oh, it's such a right. it was a great experience when right. you're injured in a ski. Right. You have a positive mindset. Right. It, it, I can just, I mean, I sense you. I've only I've heard you speak, mm-hmm. you know, once, and mm-hmm. I was like mesmerized then mm-hmm. hearing your story. 
and talking to you now here this morning. Um, what do you say to those soldiers who don't have that mindset like mm. you do? Because, I mean, some of them are, I mean, there's some of them that are listening right now that are just still mad, and and yet you've turned your anger it seems like you've made it a positive thing. I mean, it, it's driving you and motivating you to do something good. Yeah, man, that's a really great question. Deep topic, philosophical, one that I, I, I enjoy. Um, you know, I have some good friends who do some uh, um, amazing things for soldiers, veterans who are struggling. War's Journey right yeah. here in Springfield with Kevin Weaver. We were just there for the right, we were just opening there. Mm-hmm. And then my other buddy with Heroes and Horses, Micah Fink up in Montana, who takes uh, combat soldiers, veterans, on horseback into the back country for a month and re rebuilds them from the ground up. Wow. You have to untrain behaviors and that's the truth. And for anyone listening, can you work your way through where you're currently at? No question you can, but it takes a lot of work and it, it also takes the, the ownership to say, I, I have some, some problems yeah. that takes courage. And I think a lot of guys struggle with that to say, hey, I need help because that takes real courage. It does. And to step in and say, I need help. Can you help me? And there are so many great people to, who want to help and can help. That is the first step. Once you're there, then we can work on mindset. But you have to you have to own where you're at and ask for help. Yeah, it takes that's real strength. So a lot of a lot of today's new recruits that are coming into the Army, Marines, any of the armed forces, a lot of them weren't even alive when 9-11 happened. Right. What do you think, how do you think, how are they, wh- how do you think 9-11 impacts them? Is there something that is, when you're going through basic training, is there something that honors not only 9-11, but also, you know, all the other things that, that have happened to our soldiers over the years? Do, wh- where's that code at? You know, we did the, and here's what, I, here's what I'm getting at. You know, we had the honor flight of the Ozarks here recently. We did a, tele, a radiothon for them, helped raise uh, nearly $40,000 to help send mm-hmm. our soldiers from, the World War II, Korean War, Desert Shield, Vietnam, those wars, that, that, that generation to see the, the memorials. And then we had, of course, we had Operation Desert Shield. And then we had, you know, the, the, the challenges that when 9-11 happened. And then, of course, you know, the, mm-hmm. the last 20 years in Afghanistan. What is today's motivation for, for soldiers to go into the Army or any of the armed forces? It's a great question. Quite honestly, I, mean, I, think, I, I think about it. Yeah. What would I do? If I was that person 20 today. years ago today, I quite honestly, I would struggle. Yeah. Because there's a, there, there's, there's a lot of, uh, it, it's hard to, it's hard to really articulate it, but, um, the armed services are going through a difficult transition. So that's sad. Um, Sorry, well, I, yeah, sorry, 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 we got a no, hard break got, right yeah, here. We got no, news, you're good, you're good. We got a news break. We appreciate you coming in, yeah. sharing your story with us. We've got more great stories remembering 9-11 coming up in the 7 o'clock hour. You're listening to Wake Up Springfield.